This is In the Word with Malcolm Weber. So it is as we're transformed by the Word, then we're able to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. This is not just because we read the Word and see what it says and then try to do that, okay? But in the Word of God is spiritual life that will actually enable you to do His will and to fulfill His purpose. Welcome to In the Word with Malcolm Weber. God has given us 66 books filled with wisdom and the revelation of His will, and His purposes are revealed to all who diligently meditate on and study the Word of God. As you are transformed through Scripture, you will be able to fulfill God's will for your life. The Word will change you. Find out more in the first part of Dr. Weber's message, Knowing God's Will Through His Word. each one of us a purpose, a reason. Before the foundation of the world, He knew you by name, He called you, and He gave you an incredible, a significant, a powerful purpose for your life. And Paul said to Timothy that God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So God gave you a purpose for living, a purpose in living before the world began. We've been looking at our purpose. We've seen that God not only gave each of us individual purpose, but He also gave us corporate purpose as a church. And we've been focusing on our individual purposes in God. And today I'd like to look at six ways to discern God's purpose for our lives. I believe there are essentially six ways that we can understand what God's will and purpose for us is. Here are the six. We're only going to look at the first one today, the Word of God. But these six ways are that we discern the will of God and the purpose of God through the illumination of the Holy Spirit by these six ways. Whether it's the purpose of God for your life as a whole, or whether it's the purpose and the will of God concerning some particular incident or situation or some particular decision that you need to make in your life at a particular point. These are the six ways. Through the illumination of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, through the thoughts of your mind, through the witness in your heart, by the counsel of others, revelation from God through dreams, visions, and prophecies, and through the understanding of your life's experiences. That's really a fascinating one, that last one, and it's it's one that we often we're strong on the former ones, but we don't stop and meditate on the things that have happened to us in our lives. Because the Holy Spirit can show us, through understanding our life's experiences, what He has called us to do, what He has given us to do, the specific ministry and purpose that He's given each of us. So we will spend quite a bit of time on that one when we come to it. Notice that all six of these ways of discerning God's will are all entirely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. All of them are as the Holy Spirit applies them to us. Now, our goal is when we're seeking to understand God's purpose for our lives, 
whether it's his purpose for our entire life or for a particular situation, our goal is to consider all six of these. Okay? And if possible, to have all six of them line up. If you can get all six of these in a straight line concerning your life or concerning a particular decision, hallelujah. Then you're really in tune, right? Then we know we can really go forward with confidence and boldness. Certainly, that's not going to be uh, possible to have all six all the time. But the more of these principles that we can have in line for a particular major decision, the more that we can have that are in line, the better. And of course, there is an order of priority. And I believe that the Word of God should be first. These are not in order of priority, but the Word nevertheless should be the first one. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. That the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and through His Word reveals to us the will and the purpose of God. Now you remember we looked at this last week concerning the Word of God about how to rightly divide the Word of Truth. Some very significant principles we looked at last week. And here are a couple of scriptures. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul says that we are transformed, our lives are transformed as our minds are renewed by the Word of God. And then as a result of that, we will be able to know and to fulfill the perfect will of God. Paul also said to Timothy, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So the word transforms us as we rightly divide it, as we understand it in balance, and as we apply it to our lives correctly. That's what we looked at last week. And if you weren't here last week, it was quite a significant teaching concerning how to understand the word, how to apply the word. You do need to get the tape and understand what we taught last week. That may well save you a lot of grief and a lot of trouble in your life. So it is as we're transformed by the word, then we're able to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. This is not just because we read the word and see what it says and then try to do that. Okay, But in the Word of God is spiritual life that will actually enable you to do His will and to fulfill His purpose. Amen. Paul wrote to the Hebrews that the Word of God is quick. That means alive. The Word of God is alive. And the Word of God is powerful. There is life and power in the Word of God. There actually is. Paul is not writing religious poetry here, but that is a statement of fact, a statement of reality. There is power in the Word of God. There is life in the Word of God. Well, just how much power is there in the Word? Well, look here, Hebrews 11. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, how? By the Word of God, God created the entire universe by His Word. And not only did He create the universe by His Word, but ever since the creation, He upholds all things 
by the word of his power. Wow! By the word of his power, God holds everything together, whether in the physical realm, the spiritual realm, whatever kingdom or realm it is, it's held together. I mean, everything exists, it's held together by the word of God. That's more power than you have. Dear friend, that is more power than Superman has. Man, that's power, guys. God not only created the universe with his word, but God holds all things together ever since. Through his word, everything, my, by the power that's in his word. Now, I don't know how God created the universe with his word, you know. I mean, God said, let there be light, and pow, there was light. I don't know how God did that, and neither do you. And I don't know how God holds all things together by the power of his word. I don't have the faintest idea how he does that. But one thing that I do know, if there is that much power, that kind of power, incredible, awesome, supernatural power in the word of God, on the one hand, if there is, and there is. On the other hand, if this book is the Word of God, why? If the Word of God created and upholds all things, on the one hand, and if this book is the Word of God, what a thing do we have in our lives? My, what a thing is on your shelf collecting dust. If there is that much power, life in the Word of God, and if that is the Word of God, then, dear friend, we need to get into it. We need to give our lives to it. We need to devour it, to study it, to revolve our lives around it. Can you say amen? Whoa! And not only power, but life. Look what Jesus said. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. There's life in the Word of God. Spiritual life. The words themselves are life, life to transform your life, to give you life, to change your character, to mold you into the image of the one who spoke those words. Hallelujah. The word of God is life. Paul said to the Thessalonians, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The Word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. You see, the Word of God works in you. It does stuff in you. It changes you from the inside out. You say, oh God, my heart needs to be changed. <laughs> oh Lord, my life is so miserable, I need to be transformed. Oh, Lord, I need healing. He sent his word and healed them. 
Oh, Lord, I'm bound. I need to be set free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Whoa! Spirit and life, guys, it's right there on your shelf. Ooh. And if we can just get it off the shelf and into our brains and into our hearts, it'll work in you who believe. It'll do things. It'll change your life. It will give you the answers you've been wanting. Hallelujah. It'll give you the power by the Holy Spirit to live the life you want to live. To walk in holiness and righteousness and truth. Give you power over the devil in the name of Jesus. It's in the Word, guys. It's in the Word. Wow. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Word of God is our life. Just as you need bread to live physically, you need the Word of God to live spiritually and eternally. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Wow. So the Word of God is our life. And if you don't eat food, what happens to you? You get weak and sick, right? Troubled. In the same way, if you don't give yourself to the Word of God, you too will be spiritually weak and sick and troubled. Jesus gave us His Word, not so that we can put it in one of those, you know, you ever seen those 12 foot wide, well, you know, maybe two or three foot, you know, those big preacher's Bibles that they sit on these pulpits, you know, those big ornate things with the big covers and all the stuff. One of the times we were in Russia, we saw the riches of the Tsar in the Kremlin, the wealth of the Romanovs. And it was just amazing, the riches and the gold and the precious stones and their crowns and their thrones and all that stuff was there. You know, they also had these Bible covers, you know. I mean, these big covers, just solid something or other, you know, with all sorts of inlaid other things, too numerable to mention. I mean, just fabulously wealthy. I mean, one of those would be worth more than probably all of our wealth in this room, which is probably we'd better double it or triple it, I think, to even get close. <laughs> And that's what we do with the Word, isn't it? You know, we encase it in gold and silver and precious stones and stick it on some dumb altar somewhere, you know, and, and we go, oh, yes, you know, the Word of God. But, oh, my, get the book off the altar. Amen. Get it open before your eyes. Get into the book. It's not a religious object. This is not a religious object to be revered and to be bowed down for. It's a book to be studied. It's the Word of God to be consumed. It's the life and the Spirit of God come to you to get into your hearts, to give you transformation and power and freedom and victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't just admire the Word at a distance. Get into it up close. Paul wrote, Brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. He didn't just commend the believers to God. Although, you know, at one point that would have been a spiritual thing to do, right? But he also commended them to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up. Who wants to be built up? Anybody want to be built up? Man, aren't you tired of being kicked down by the devil and by the world and by sin and by all that stuff? Well, God has given you something to build you up. And there it sits, 
on the shelf. Hallelujah. But get it off the shelf. It will build you up. It will strengthen you. It will empower you. And it will give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So the Word of God is itself our spiritual food. Praise God. The Word of God is more than a future hope, although it is that. The Word is more than something that comes to us in our misery and our despair as we sit in the mully grubs in life and we feel sorry for ourselves and, oh, what a mess we are, and we really are, you know. But it's more than just something that, that shows us uh, if you'll just, you know, muddle through life the best you can, then there's glory on the other side. It's more than that, guys. It's more than just a hope for something in the future. It is an incredible, spectacular hope for the future, but it's more than that. It is also a present possession of power. It's a present possession of spiritual life through His Word. God will change you now. Not just so you're looking forward to something that's going to happen sometime in the future, but so that you can actually possess transformation and change and victory in your life right here and right now. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. So, if we are truly seeking the purposes of God in our lives, then we will get into the Word. We will do it. If we really are seeking God's Word, it's easy to piously tell God, Oh Lord, I just want to do Your will. Oh Lord, you know, I just want to please You. I just want to fulfill Your purpose. I mean, that's fine. That's good. You know, it's a pious thing to say. But if you really meant it, get into the book. That's where you will learn what it is. And I've noticed over the years that many Christians constantly ask others what they think God wants them to do. Always running around getting 25 different opinions. The wild thing is we'll do that and then wonder why we end up confused. You know? <laughs> we'll get 25 different opinions, try to get five different prophecies, and of course they're all different, and then we wonder why we're confused. Then we'll wonder why we can't seem to hear the voice of God or have a perception of His purpose. But if you quit asking everybody else what they think God wants you to do, and instead, if we will spend time in God's Word, we will discover that that is where the answers are many, many times. Amen. So instead of asking someone else for their opinion or trying to get a prophetic word from someone, get into the book. It will help you. And the more that we know the Word, the more we know the Scriptures, the more we will understand God's will and purpose for our lives. And we need to do this, dear friends, as a habit. We're so glad you joined us for In the Word with Malcolm Weber, a weekly podcast featuring selected teachings from Dr. Weber's over 40 years of ministry. Find more teachings along with books, courses, tools, and other resources from Dr. Weber at www.leadersource.org. Tune in next week for the second part of this message, Knowing God's Will Through His Word.